Greetings, film fans. Welcome to episode 33 of The Big Review Ski, the show from Joe and her that this week has witnessed something incredible, like Agent Smith in The Matrix, Gandalf in Lord of the Rings, or Dr. Drake Ramori in Days of Our Lives in Friends. Rory Cashin has come back from the dead. It's a miracle! <gasps> Testify! <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Don't apologize. I'm not apologizing for me. Okie dokie. I'm, I'm sorry, your host Owen DeHarty. I'm delighted to be joined by my fellow witness, Paul Murr. Paul, have you ever seen anything like it? Look, he's he's really here. He's beside us. I've only been gone for one show. He's you, back. You took like a month off. I didn't take time off. You I was dying. a month off. And I was chained to that bath as well. Yeah. What a night. Uh, if you'd like to get in touch with the Big Review Ski, and that'll be another miracle if anyone actually did, uh, you can tweet us on Twitter at Big Review Ski, and you can WhatsApp us if you can ever find the number. Just, oh. just think of that as like as a fun game that nobody ever wins. Yeah, yeah. I wonder. No, no. Were you trying to think of the number? <laughs> yeah, I was trying to think Seven. of like a f- funny like joke, and I think we've <laughs> effectively like topped that well. You uh, come up with it, and I'll steal it for next week. Perfect. Sorted. Uh, we've got an absolutely jam-packed show coming up this week, as we'll be joined by officially the coolest man in the world, Idris Elba, the lead star of Yardi, Amel Amin, who's also pretty cool, to be fair. And everyone has to be on their best behaviour because there's a cop coming into the show as well. A Detective. P- a PI, no less. A, which I? Private investigator. Oh, private, private investigator. Detective <laughs> Phil Phillips. Uh, he's in the house to tell us how to clean up... Um, uh, a dirty crime scene. It all gets, yeah, you can call it that. There you go. It all gets a. There's, there's no room for more players. <laughs> <laughs> Straight in, no kissing. I thought it was, uh, was going to get X rated later on. Jesus. Anyway, saw the trailer. Three. We've also got <laughs> high clues galore to make you even more depressed than you already were. And a crack and prize to give away as we've got tickets to see Marky Mark's new film, Mile 22, which I think looks pretty. I've got such a soft spot for like Mark Wahlberg, generic kind of uh, action film where plays like the normal hero I feel he he is playing the same person <laughs> yeah. every it's like film. did that guy get off the oil rig and then go to the Boston Marathon and now he's working for a secret government organisation yeah but he also got he was killed in Lone Survivor but he's fine again and is now back in this and he doesn't like Will Ferrell but sometimes he does but sometimes he does <laughs> yeah I think I've seen those films uh, now though it's time for the big question on the Big Review Ski and for this week's uh, big question on the Big Review Ski it's over to Paul Murr for this week's big question on the Big Review Ski but uh, just before we do that, Hexy, <laughs> <laughs> there were some. Sorry, uh, we had a great question last week, which was, "What historical event would you like to see made into a film, and who would star in it?" And uh, some of the listeners got in touch. Joe Griffin went for the multiple failed assassination attempts on Fidel Castro, with Paul Rudd as a really kind of hapless uh, assassin, and Hugh Grant as his handler. Was it the same guy who failed every time? I don't know, but Paul Rudd, I would see him playing. Didn't multiple they try parts to kill Castro with like exploding cigars and all? these mad I think so so that would definitely make a good film Kevin Slattery went for Brian Baru with Leonardo DiCaprio Uh, Dave Kenny went for Battle of the Boyne with Gabriel Byrne as James II Michael Fassbender as William of Orange boo that's fine Liam Cunningham and Kate Winslet were in there as well Uh, and then two of my favourite suggestions Ian Boyle uh, wants to see a big screen uh, version of Donald Trump being shown the P-tape for the first time which would be (laughs) an historical event it doesn't say who's P-tape is it yours Rory? I feel like you have to watch that film in really shady back alley theatre or something yeah, I don't like think that I yeah. want to watch that <laughs> you don't want to see that film this is high end porn isn't it? <laughs> and then uh, my very favourite uh, from Dick Byrne Man Falling On <laughs> I think that that is his real name Dick Byrne uh, hello there we've lost Rory Rory's gone <laughs> Rory has gone sorry Dick go on Dick Byrne if that is your real name please let us know uh, he wants to see a, a, a film version of Man Falling on Ice a truly historical moment in Irish history and it would be nice to see Jim Carrey going back to his physical comedy roots there was a period when my family genuinely believed I was that fellow are you serious because he had this scruffy kind of longish hair he like does look like you from behind and right. uh, yeah People genuinely thought it was me. I don't like well, maybe you could this episode so far. <laughs> maybe you could play the part of man falling in ice. Maybe. <laughs> anyway. Maybe, <not>. oh, <laughs> maybe maybe it could be a documentary about the man falling in ice. That would work. Yeah. Oh, nice segue. You're welcome. Set I've you lost up. the question. <laughs> What's the que- <laughs> the big question on the big review ski, Paul? You've got it. Let's go. I do indeed. Right. Uh, another really good film that's coming into our screens this week is the Irish documentary I Dolores, which is based on the life of Dolores Price the famous uh, IRA uh, activist 
uh, who was killed, I think, in 2013. It's getting great reviews. I think Morris Sweeney is the director. And on that note, with the kind of explosion in interest in documentaries recently, what is your favourite documentary that you've seen that's been given a cinematic release? So that's not your Making a Murderer's, all that stuff, the Staircase Jazz. What did you go for, Rory? I went with the... Sorry, just like Staircase Jazz. <laughs> <laughs> Love that documentary. I went with The Imposter. That's um, great. Have you seen it? I have not seen it, but I've heard good things. Okay. I'm about to hear more good things. Uh, it is from the director of The Upcoming American Animals, who is a, I think his film is out next week. Um, and we we actually interviewed him. So the interview, the interview will be on next week's Whoa. episode of, of the show. Uh, it's about a, a family who's... A uh, young child, young boy goes missing um, and the whole family set up like a huge countrywide search for him and then one day he returns home com- looking completely different, uh, several years older and sounding okay. quite French for a young <laughs> American teenager. Is this a comedy documentary? Absolutely not. Oh, this no, is okay. a insanely yeah. dark psychological thriller oh, documentary uh, and it's about how the family um, don't seem to question too much about their completely changed son um, and just everything to do with it. It's difficult to talk about because there's a yeah, lot of okay. information yeah, that you don't want to give away but I just remember for maybe the last 45 minutes my jaw was just hinged I was like what? For all of it and it was incredible. So that's the um, French nice that's the imposter the imposter and you're Choice sounds way better than my one. Cool. <laughs> I want to. And I haven't even seen your. You one. went for old school again. Didn't you? <laughs> I did again. I... Anchorman. Searching for Anchorman. I didn't actually. I went for searching for Sugarman. Oh, that's a all right. That's yeah. a good one. That's a, that is a good one. So <laughs> I'm getting like mediocre reactions here. Yeah. Um, came out in 2012 and tells the amazing uh, story of an American musician called Rodriguez who for some reason even though never became uh, a star in his native country of America just exploded in uh, in South Africa and became like the soundtrack to a generation we've got a little clip of the uh, film right here if ever there is an air of intrigue and mystery around a pop artist it is around the artist known as Rodriguez we thought he was like the inner city poet he was this wandering spirit around the city He's like a wise man, prophet. How many records do you think he sold in America? In America, six. Born in the troubled city. Well, it's still a bit of a mystery how the first copy of Cold Fact actually came to South Africa, but it spread very quickly. To many of us South Africans, he was the soundtrack to our lives. Everybody I knew had his records. The message it had was be anti-establishment. Really, the first opposition to apartheid, they'll tell you that they were influenced by Rodriguez. But nobody knew anything about him. He was a mystery. Then we found out that he had committed suicide. And a lot of people have different versions of the story. He set himself alight on stage. He reached down and pulled up a gun. I thought it'd make a good story. Find out how Rodriguez died. And it does make a good story. It's an unbelievable tale with brilliant music, as you heard there. He's kind of this Bob Dylan type figure that just, uh, yeah, as I said, became the soundtrack to a generation and anti-apartheid uh, anthems in South Africa. And it's just incredible to see the effect that music can have on people. And then since the documentary in 2012, um, his music has become way more popular as well. Uh, but it is definitely worth uh, worth checking out, searching for Sugarman. I yeah yeah I liked it I second I liked it yeah okay yeah, good I prefer my one but, yeah. Uh, yeah no I don't know uh, I also like making the grade which is an Irish documentary there we go Paul what was your one I went for a absolutely bonkers story that's so true that's so weird it's true it's a grizzly man Werner Herzog's oh, yeah. uh, 2005 uh, film about a one time actor called Timothy Treadwell who didn't get the role of Woody Harrelson's character in Cheers. And apparently it kind of led him into some dark places and he's um, kind of lost touch of reality. Ultimately, he ended up living in the wildlife with these gigantic Alaskan grizzly bears and captured some of the most remarkable footage you'll ever see. This is like stuff that would put Edinburgh to shame, getting up close and personal with these bears. Uh, he was living with his girlfriend at the time. But ultimately, they are wild animals. They will rip you to shreds. You can see what's coming. But see the revenant. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. This is not a friendly bear hug. Um, but it's just remarkable the footage that's actually captured and uh, his story as well around around even before he kind of uh, moved into the wilderness is uh, is really interesting. But the cinematography and it's great and Herzog is uh, 
he is a unique filmmaker yeah, yeah. he is <laughs> three brilliant documentaries there well no I've seen Grizzly Man and that's superb as well but dying to see The Imposter now then as well so good and uh, and Searching for Sugarman there as well so those are our favourite documentaries that received a cinematic release so do let us know uh, your favourites as well now it's time for this week's example high clue thanks for sending your one on last week Rory actually from, uh, from did you record from that in the toilet by the way <laughs> I, 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 I did not know I, I did record it while uh while running between meetings, uh, Sandra, <laughs> did you get my? Did you get my? Uh my message of love. Yeah, thank you. You're welcome. Oh, did you send him a wee sneaky message as well? Well, actually, he cut out the second half of the first one. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right, fair it enough. It was just all nudes. <laughs> all nudes. It was uh, yeah, audio nudes. Oral audio nudes. nudes. Here we go. Uh, example <laughs> high clue, Paul. Take it away. Really oh, this, this doesn't have any lines. I really oh, don't know on. how to. This is a shambles, people. Come on. Escape. Book. A bullet speaks Frank. What a bullet again? You had bullet last or two weeks ago? Hold uh, on, a bullet speaks Frank. Speaks yeah, you probably didn't get that one either. That was Man on Fire was the one. You had. A bullet speaks Frank. Yeah, I remember. What was, was that? I remember it was Man on Fire because I remember. Because you got that? Yeah. yeah. And do you know what my next slide is? What? Man on Fire makes Harlem shake. Man on Fire makes Harlem shake. I don't watch any other film except for Man on Fire and Repeat when I go home like and stuff. <laughs> Why would you want to watch other films? It's a good way to spend your life. And the final line is Lawyer has a gun. Lawyer, L-A-W-I-R, has, has a gun. Uh, gone. Let's do a quick syllable check. A bullet speaks Frank. Man on Fire makes Harlem shake. Lawyer has a gun. Five, seven, five. We've, we've passed the first hurdle that's good um, so bullet is spelled um, like a, like a bullet, normal bullet like, yeah, B-L-L-E-T not like the Steve McQueen film okay uh, Frank capital F yep okay so the name as in Frank. Reynolds the hero from Always Sunny <laughs> gotcha Man on Fire uh, presume like capital letters for those well yeah. maybe not I mean, no. Man on Fire makes Harlem Shake uh, and then Lawyer has a gun just gun G-U-M yep okay okay so I, I can tell you that Rory has it as oh, he normally God's does sick we haven't Still reading it out here. Yeah, I got it though. Okay, so Man on Fire makes. <laughs> well, let's hear some of your reasoning there. Man on Fire is probably Denzel Washington. You would be correct. Uh, makes Harlem Shake. So the film that he spends time in Harlem in that one is American Gangster. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I don't know if that's the answer to the overall thing. But anyway, we'll keep going. <laughs> uh, a Bullet Speaks Frank. A Bullet Speaks Frank, capital F. Well, you did mention Frank. Uh, Reynolds from It's Always Sunny, which would be Danny DeVito. <laughs> it's, not. it's not. It's not Danny DeVito. Will I, will I, will, will I pull the tread on this? Well, well have I, I got the right? Sure. Yeah, you do. Yeah, it is American <laughs> Gangster. Oh, it is American yeah, Gangster. Yeah, yeah. All right, yeah. good stuff. So we got that from the middle line. Man on Fire I, makes I, 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 I should have torched him there for a bit longer. <laughs> yeah. That would have been really interesting. Thanks, guys. It's um, Batman Returns. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the connection with a bullet speaks uh, Frank? A bullet speaks Frank. Uh, he puts a bullet in the head of Idris Elba, point blank, in the middle of Harlem. Okay. Frank and is his character, Frank Lucas. Ah, right, okay. Gotcha. You got it right. Man on Fire is Denzel makes Harlem shake. The film is set in Harlem and he's the crime lord over Harlem, shakes it. And the lawyer has a gun. Lawyer was Russell Crowe he was also a cop so he has a gun very good Russell Crowe ended up defending Frank Lucas in court didn't he yeah he did at the end so, of the film American Gangster uh, and also Idris Elba was the person that was shot on the by Denzel and Idris Elba is our guest this week perfect real connection with Denzel Washington the last couple of weeks we have a lot of cool yeah. people on the last a few weeks a lot of cool people as we oh, said. I, I like Denzel. every week for the last three weeks is like no no this is the coolest week this no. Is the, no 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 this is the coolest do you know what's going to make this week even cooler no if you stay here and yeah. don't go anywhere no 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 let's go to the movies let's hold hands These are the top ten films what? in the Irish box office. What? What is your cinema etiquette when you go on a date? Do you do you hold hands with someone? Do you put your arm around them? <laughs> um, when I go on a date, I love going on my own. Um, oh, I love going. Keep it clean now. Yeah. But I still. Um, when I go on a date, no. If I go to be really boring, <laughs> go on dates on my own. <laughs> you uh, if I go into the cinema, I'm going to see a film. So no way, minimal, no way. I'm with you so contact. far. Go on. I'm not there to be any like to do any sort of like smooching or anything like that. There. No, I know that, but like if you're there with, what am I hearing? I don't know what that is. <laughs> my, <laughs> my inner monologue. <laughs> um, why? What's your cinema etiquette whenever you go on a date? Yeah, I hold hands. Okay, with anybody or your actual whoever's date. nearby, whoever's next to me. It's, it's often <laughs> awkward. Sides. It's often awkward both when sides. they're like three seats away because it's stretching. <laughs> but but you make it work. 
Paul, what's your... Happy about my it. only etiquette is uh, whoever pays for the tickets, the other person pays for the food. That's pretty much the only rule they have. Whoever pays for the tickets, the office, someone the, else... The, the other person pays for the food. Okay. That's pretty much it. Okay, that's a good rule. Yeah. I Yeah, and I'll say they have to put out. <laughs> <laughs> also a good rule. Uh, anyway, and we have to go see Showgirls on the first The top day. 10 films in the Irish box office. Number 10 is Mission Impossible Fallout, and it's still falling out of the charts. Um, but it's also still hanging on, like Tom Cruise hangs on to buildings and stuff. So what's number nine? <laughs> <laughs> man and the Wasp, uh, which we're all fans of. Number eight, though, is the first of our new entries this week, The Spy Who Don't Make Paul. You had a look at this one. It's uh, really good for an hour, and then it completely forgets what type of film it is, loses the plot, goes mad, and is really disappointing, apart from Kate McKinnon, who's I great. I love her. She's, She's so great good. in it. But for an hour, I loved it, and then it just, like, turns Mila Kunis into James Bond. I was like, what the hell are you doing? I love her too. <laughs> yeah. Rory is willing to let that on They have good chemistry, so you might like it. You'd probably enjoy it. Thanks. But I wanted more, <laughs> I wanted more from it because it started so well. Okay. Number seven is Incredibles 2. Uh, a lot of people saying that this film is actually better than the original one. Rory, The Incredibles is one of your favourite films of all time. Yeah. Do you think the sequel is better? Um, not better, no. Uh, I think... At, at times it, it, it's almost as good yeah but I don't think it's better okie dokie number okay. 6 <laughs> I'll take that Hotel Transylvania 3 A Monster Vacation it has been number 5 for the past 3 weeks and it's just it's still just hanging on in there you need to go see it yeah I do <laughs> uh, 5 The Meg um, which just seems to be uh, disappointing people right there making loads of money making a fuck load of money though. absolute fortune so we're going to see The Megger the Mega, yeah. yep. Or the yeah. Megas. Electric Megaloo. Uh, number four is I the Equalizer that. 2. Thank you. Uh, the Equalizer 2, which is Denzel back in the big screen doing his thing. Number three, Mamma Mia, Here We Go Again, which is now taken over 5 million euro at the box office. To put that kind of in context, uh, Mission Impossible uh, Fallout, for example, has just taken over two in its much longer uh, run as well. Um, so Mamma Mia is, again, just making an absolute fortune there. The first, or sorry, the uh, highest new entry this week, which is Black Clan. Landsman. Uh, Paul, you reviewed this last week and absolutely loved it. Cara loved it as well when she was talking about it. And Rory, uh, you've had a chance to see it in the meantime. Oh, Rory's face. Because, like, to be honest, I've heard only universal praise for this film. Okay. Here's Rory Cashin. Hi. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was good, but not great. Shapers. I, I thought Such it, a prick. it was so um, try hard in, in the attempt to make it uh, topical for today that it was it was almost like here's racism for for dummies it was at one point the guy who's in charge of the Ku Klux Klan literally says I really want to make America great again and I was like like it's it was just there's three or four examples of that shit all film where I was like no, I, I get it I get it it's a, it's a, it's it's a, it's a simulate for what's happening again today like I totally get it um, and then it happened again at the very, very end. You probably you've seen this. You know exactly oh, yeah. what I'm talking about. Uh, there's there's a scene or two at the end, and I was like, oh, I wish they had not put that in there because it really just kind of smacked of laziness. It was like I can't tell the story directly, so I'm going to really, really hammer home the point I'm trying to make, which is that America's in the middle of a, a racial. Uh, a massive racial problem um, which is you know a, a good argument to make and valid uh, I just feel it was not done um, in the best way That's but having, having said all that the performances are great uh, some of the scenes in there are fantastic um, it is very funny uh, at times and it's also like very powerful at times but it's just it's so so painfully lacking in subtlety that it it just it's it, it really like it's coming out of the screen smacking you across the face do you get it it's racist it's like no I got it it's cool you see that's interesting because Paul I think like I haven't seen it yet but it sounds like uh, what you're talking about Rory are actually some of the things that you really like that kind of powerful uh, moments towards the end and some of the other people who have gone to see it since its release uh, commented on those uh, specific things as well and mm. what an impact it had on them as well well Spike Lee's never been the most subtle filmmaker like if you go back to like Malcolm X and you know she's got to have it and do the right thing he has he is very comfortable with making very broad declarative statements I mean you look at him on the press junket as well he was in Cannes and he absolutely went to town on Trump but um, no I thought it, I thought it was it was quite clever I mean the final reel I, watched, I actually saw it again and people were still kind of stunned watching it um, 
yeah, I, I, I thought it was it was quite clever. But I'd be curious to see what the event actually happened because as Rory rightfully says there is a point when David Duke played I thought really well by Topher Grace it says something like I want to thank you all for putting America first and it was like obviously that ties in there and, and but was I'm just curious was that like wording of the speech actually relevant because I know Spike Lee said he took some liberties with the story but essentially some of the most outlandish stuff he says were genuinely happened in Ron Stalbert's life I'd be curious to see the ratio of what generally happened to what's kind of Hollywoodized to make it fit into the narrative of the film. Yeah, because there's, again, there's one conversation that um, John... David Washington. Thank you. Uh, is having with, with his police chief, I think, and they're talking about, like, the, the, the racist problems in America, and they have a, a three-minute conversation saying, oh, there's no way anyone that racist could ever get mm. into a position of power. No one this racist could ever become president of America. You get it? It's just like fucking hell. Like, yeah, I got it. I got it. Twenty minutes in, like, you don't have to come at me with a sledgehammer every time. It was just, but it was the seventies <sighs> back then. So I know you, that. If you think, I think of that period, then it would be relatively authentic to the characters if you're being if it's a real life version. But I do get your point. But uh, I thought there was other stuff that was very subtle, like the the opening shot has gone with the wind and has birth of a nation. There are two great. incredibly controversial films we discussed last week in terms of how they define race in this confederate war and uh, Birth Birth of a Nation although heralded as this unbelievably great classic like in terms of cinematography and you know lighting and camera work and everything you name it did coincide with the rise of the Ku Klux Klan after that because there is that scene that they're seen as the valiant knights that came in and, and saved the civil war so Spike Lee I think he's very clever in that sense he addresses it's not so much racism but the message and how it's perceived and how it's kind of perpetrated throughout the medium of cinema which I think was was incredibly subtle and there are, you're right there are bits when he's like this is what I am but um, there are a lot of stuff as well going in its favour as well but uh, I really liked it because I, I, I thought it genuinely had something for everything I thought I laughed at Bart parts when I shouldn't have laughed then I was like Sh- I shouldn't have laughed at that like what does that say about me in the way we were saying like uh, like uh, Mark McDonough's work does but um, I, yeah I think it'll probably end up on my list of some of the best I've seen this year anyway yeah it's great me. to do it so well uh, it's up there at number two uh, our highest new entry this week in the top ten films at the Irish box office so that's Black Klansman and uh, if you want to check out our interview with the star of the film John David Washington it's up on Joe and we had him uh, on the show last week as well episode 32 uh, number one in the box office so it's Christopher Robin two weeks running now this is the tale of Ewan McGregor as a grown up Christopher Robin and uh, his friends from Hundred Acre Wood when the Pooh and Pals uh, come back to help him in his adult life and uh, Cara kind of had mixed feelings uh, on this one because it is kind of pitched as a family film but there were some elements in it that she thought weren't uh, too family friendly um, so that's Christopher Robin top of the box office this week a brand new entry this week though is Yardy it's the directorial debut from Idris Elba and like, have you ever met anyone who doesn't love Idris Elba? Um, people who don't want him to be Bond for whatever reason yeah do you think he would like obviously everyone is talking these days uh, and he's kind of hyped it up himself uh, by tweeting certain things about the the Bond franchise and then there's been more recent news that Danny Boyle has left uh, the film as well due to creative differences uh, do you think Albert like I mean it's it's a question that everyone's talking about uh, do you think he would make a good James Bond I would actually to be honest I'm a big fan of Luther now and that is a pretty dark show I mean I remember the first scene he smashes the crap out of that door I was like okay this guy's got a range of intensity to him so he would, I think it would be a very darker take on Bond but, uh, which I would be 100% in favour of to be honest he is an intense actor yeah I think he would he would but it would be a very different again it would be a very different Bond I couldn't see him doing a Skyfall Bond uh, it would have to be because I can't see him I've never seen him be particularly physical when it comes to stunts and stuff plus he is getting on already he's like he's late 40s I think so um, he doesn't look, he looks incredible he looks great it yeah. just looks great but like he would be a great Bond but I just don't it would be a very very different kind of Bond yeah well that could be a good thing um, so this is his directorial debut as we said this is Yardy and uh, this is the film where it, it's about a young guy who is born and grows up in Jamaica during the 1970s uh, 
has some tragedy in his life when his brother is killed and then moves over to London. So it's kind of this rise of a gangster. So we've kind of seen this type of story a million times before, but we haven't seen it in this context of, uh, well, the Jamaican kind of gangs and uh, and the Yardies who, who uh, did set up in Hackney in London. Um, so Elba spotted this story. It's based on a book uh, of the same name. Uh, he fell in love with it and cast Amel Amin. So these are interviews with uh, Idris, first of all, and, uh, you know, we weren't allowed to ask about Bond, but maybe we did. Maybe just a little bit. Sorry. Idris, it's lovely to see you. Good to see you um, too. Congratulations on Yardi. Uh, I don't know if you planned this, but even though it's about a different kind of cultural background to my own, I felt yeah. there was a real connection between uh, the Jamaicans travelling over and the Irish travelling over right. uh, into London at that time. Mm, mm. So is that something you're hoping for, that it's going to like resonate with people from whatever kind of background that they have? Yeah, for sure. You know, I think the idea of... Um, migration or communities coming into other countries is a big topic at the moment you know our country's dealing with it in terms of brexit or not and you know america is the whole world is sort of looking at you know these communities that have migrated into other places and i think that yardi although not specifically meant to highlight that does highlight that because we're looking at you know a small community in london in the mid 80s that came up with the term Yardi, which is a derogatory term. Uh, you know, Jamaicans were the first hit with the wave of racism because more Jamaicans came in the first t- in the first place. So they were hit with that. And, you know, in the, in the terms of, you know, the Irish and the racism... The parties, the Yardies yeah. and the parties, that was it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, there's a real similar common ground there. So that's a... That, honestly, the film had no intention of highlighting that, obviously... But the fact that you've said that means a lot to me because I really do want not just Jamaicans or Irish or English, but I want the world to go, I I needle dropped into a place that I didn't know much about and I got a sense of what that means. So when someone says what Yardi means, well, they'll get a sense of it from the film, hopefully. Now, uh, if you were to ask people who is the personification of cool, uh, it's in nine out of ten people would probably come up with yourself, basically. <laughs> come but, on, <laughs> yeah. The other one goes for me. It's fine. So, but this film is—it's uh, a different beast because it's your baby. So, are you feeling relaxed? Are you feeling nice, calm, and collected? Or is there a, a certain kind of nervousness associated with this? Because this is like your day. There's definitely a nervousness. You know, it's like uh, you know, I will be judged on this film. As an actor, I've been sort of judged for characters that have been loved and some that not so much. But as me stepping into the hot seat of a director, which is a coveted um, um, seat, you know, people will be like, oh, I wish he stayed at what he was doing best. And or, well done, Idris. So I'm very nervous to see what people think of it. Of course I am, you know what I mean? It's something that I've been working on for about four years uh, and it is, you know, I watch the film and I go, oh, I wish I could change that, or oh, I wish I could change that, but I can't now. It is imprinted for life. So although I'm not worried about being judged, I'm just, you know, nervous that people accept what I try to do. Um, now, music plays such a key role in the film, and obviously uh, your own music background as well, and you were recently uh, gigging in Ireland. Yeah. So I was wondering yeah. what that experience was like with an Irish crowd, and have you any tips for surviving an Irish, <laughs> an Irish festival <laughs> or an Irish crowd? I want to go back, man. I think that um, the festival crowd in Ireland go at it, and they go at it for a good reason, you know. And we were lucky we had a beautiful sunny day out there. Um, I, listen, I, I, I've DJed in Ireland a few times. Whenever they would have me back, I will be there. Don't you worry about that. Yeah, I think that that's an official call out now. I think I think you'll be invited <laughs> back. Now you've put your Marvel uh, kind of experience behind you, maybe possibly, or might you be back? Um, look, you know, I, 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 my Heimdall character. Uh, I think we ended up in five pictures with my character, which is a really good run for a, a smaller character. Had a great time playing Heimdall. He will be missed. I'm not sure what the future is. Uh, with the Marvel community because, as you know, it's one of those incredible universes that anything can happen. And essentially, my character lives on, you know, sort of uh, in, in, in the mythology that that continues and continues to grow. So who knows, you know? Bond, yes or no? <laughs> oh, we're out of time. Oh, we're out of time. <laughs> nice, nice chance. Nice try. The nice film lady kind of jumped in there. You get out. Yeah, she was like, that's you done, Owen. Get the hell out of here. So. I saw him at Forbidden Fruit 2 this summer. He was good. Yeah, good yeah. DJ. Yeah, really good, actually. Yeah, so if the acting thing doesn't work out. <laughs> well, yeah. well, he's really good. He always has a fallback. Always happy for talented, good-looking 
you know, oh, as ever, ever. people as like that, ever. You know? And yeah. not only acting and directing and a DJ, but like just a specimen of a human being yeah. for him. Yeah. <laughs> not jealous at all. Yeah. So the big Ravisky seal of approval from the three of us. Mm-hmm. Jealous people. Um, yeah. No. Well, obviously, because of his own musical background, uh, music plays, uh, as we were discussing there, a key role in the film. It's got a really, really good soundtrack. Um, it also has a really, really good lead. Uh, Amel Amin, who some people might have spotted in The Maze Runner, and he also has done a lot of TV work uh, in the UK uh, as part of The Bill. Um, he is the lead actor uh, in this film. And, you know, sometimes actors get sent scripts by their agents or they have to go through an audition process. And I hadn't actually heard the story of how Amel got this job as the lead character, D, But... Uh, he tells a great story of uh, of how him and Idris came to work together. Um, absolutely lovely fella, and uh, we will get to the review of the film, but he is far and away the best thing about a really, really good young actor. Um, so this is my chat with Amel Amin, the lead actor, Dennis, in... Oh, Yardy, that's the name of the film. Yardy. <laughs> no, I've got it. Amel, it's great to meet you. Thank you, man. Um, congratulations on Yardy. Uh, really it. enjoyed your performance uh, in particular. Thank you, man. Um, do you remember that first day that someone either phoned you or uh, said to you in person, like, listen, uh, the um, Idris Elba wants to talk to you. He wants to see you about something. What mm. was that kind of moment like? It wasn't that, you know. I was I was actually going uh, on a... It was like my... I can't remember what birthday. It was 2015. I was going from... Happy birthday, by the way. Thank you, thank you. Um, I was going from London to LA, and I got in a lift, and I, tur- and I turned around and he- after hearing hello, and it was Idris. And I was like, what's going on, bruv? He goes, how you doing, man? I ain't seen in a while, man. You get us? Good, good. He goes, where are you going? I'm going to LA. He goes, I'm going to LA. And we got on a plane, and we just started talking about life, family, friends, career. We sat next to each other. I did excuse someone from there. I was like, mate, can you go over there? Uh, so I end up sitting next to him. We just we just spoke about it. And then he goes, look, I've got this script. I'm going to be doing my directorial debut. Uh, I saw you in the maze run. I thought you were wicked. What do you think? And I said, mate, are you mad? Of course. What are you talking about? And so I ended up, uh, uh, he said, I'll send it to your agent. I said, forget that. I'll read it now. Just give you an answer. Right and, you know, we're on an 11-hour flight. And so I read it and I just wound down his visor. And I said, mate, let's take a picture so we can commemorate this moment. You don't take it back. Took the picture. It's on Instagram. You can see it. And uh, we shook hands, and that was it, man. And what's funny is uh, Scarface on the back of the book, Scarface, I gave it away, but on the back of the book of Yardy, it's described as a British Scarface, and Al Pacino sitting right in front of us. Unbelievable. Wow. What sort of flight are you getting? Yeah, that's that, mate. I need to take it more. Yeah, yeah. What's you're going just, on Spielberg? You're just waiting outside uh, lifts for famous people. Yeah, you yeah. Know I'm going to get a job with it. Well, exactly. thank God you liked the script then. And you didn't absolutely. read it and you were like, uh, do you know what? I'll yeah. give this one I'm a message. leave it out, mate. Yeah. Yeah. No, um, well, the, the two of you work so well together, obviously, on this film. Have you plans to work together uh, again? Have you have you talked about that in any more long haul? Yeah, flights? man, we flirted around with the idea a lot when we were doing uh, Yadi. Um, there's, you know, Yardi's two more books. So, you know, we spoke about where D can possibly go over the, the course of two more films. I would love that personally. Um, and we flirted around with different ideas, you know what I mean? He's a very busy guy, but we were, there was even, we said, what about, what about doing like Marvin Gaye? And I was like, I said, me, Marvin Gaye? He goes, just method it, man. You know, you did it on this movie. And so it would be great. I, I worked really well, shorthand, really shorthand as, as, as two partners on this. Now, the whole world is talking about Bond, so the big question is, do you think you would make a good James Bond? Me? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Perfect. So that's your next role, then. We'll get Idris in as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Idris to co-sign it, yeah. Uh, as well. You have worked with amazing people like uh, George Lucas and the Wachowskis. Yeah. Um, Lee Daniels. Ter- yeah. In terms of yeah. those big kind of projects, have other people like Star Wars or DC or Marvel come knocking? Especially with Idris there as a pal yeah. now. And that they have more. not. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, Disney, no. man. Talk to your boy, bro. Let me go and do Blade or something. I wanna, I'll beef up and all that. Um, I'd love to sit in those universes. I've done it before with Maze Runner. And those films are really fun. So, yeah, why not? And uh, last but not least, uh, I'm sure Idris was constantly banging on about how amazing uh, a time he has in Ireland every time he's over gigging and driving. Have you been over for work or, or pleasure or anything like that? I've never been to Ireland, man. Sort it out, bro. Get over. We've got now flights I know there you. as well. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah, so get on you're that there, way. right? You can and I'm the job. 100%. Perfect. Uh, it's going to be done. It's a pleasure. Thank you. you. My Cheers. Bless, man. Really nice interview. These uh, yardies. They have trouble. Mask if you deliver the goods to Rico. But trusted you, Rico is a liability. Me have to deal with. You understand? 
it's going to kill you. Can't have this nonsense around me. Could have just gone back to Jamaica. Sometimes, a man have to choose his own path. You can't go on like this. I sent you to London so you wouldn't start a war in Kingston. If you could see the studio right now, everybody, we are such bad dancers. You can't help but bop along to that How tune. How dare you? <laughs> you are an atrocious <laughs> dancer. Oh, you actually think you're a really good dancer? I can see that in your face. No, you were you were making some nice moves there. Um, so that was uh, our chat with Amel Amin, the lead actor star of Yardi. He had a lot to say. He I did. love how he just, I like, do I would exactly do Blade, Star Wars, everything. I would like, yeah. hi, person beside Idris. No. <laughs> yeah, move right now. But, like, those, what kind of flights are they getting? It's obviously, like, first class. Yeah. If he's sitting, whenever, the, the moment he says, uh, and I kind of, uh, I wind down the visor beside Idris, and you're like, what? That plane seats me, have I, visors. I was like, was he wearing glasses? <laughs> I didn't know, I didn't understand what he meant by that. And uh, I loved that Idris was like, oh yeah, you were great in Maze Runner. <laughs> yeah, it just really no knows. No one's ever said that. <laughs> it just really knows a melamine stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, you think it could have been awkward if he was like, here's my script to read, and you're like... Do send it to my <laughs> Yeah, please. <laughs> I don't want to read this right now. But uh, yeah, obviously that worked out really well for them, and as I said, uh, the film is Elba's uh, first shot at directing a film and it's it's a good film he is uh, Amel Amin is excellent in it he's a really good actor uh, and as I said he is the standout uh, performer in it Stephen Graham is in it as well oh, uh, I've heard his accent in the trailer I is don't unique. really understand what he's doing no. in the film I get it he's kind of plays like a, a rival uh, gang leader uh, who has turf in uh, in London and he's a bit you know quite Joe Pesci like like short kind of stocky guy who's just liable to fly off the handle at any point um, yeah but I didn't really get some like, of his stuff doesn't he also have a Jamaican accent it kind of changes throughout the film and I don't know is it the character putting it on or is that it just kind of slipping in and out uh, because Graham's obviously like a really excellent actor mm-hmm. as well but uh, no it bodes well for Idris Elba and he said you know um, he is he just wants to put it out there he would like to make some changes to it but it's uh, it's done and dusted now Um as I said, we have seen this kind of uh, gangster, rise of a gangster. You know, uh, is he going to be a good guy? Is he going to go down the right path? Um, and uh, there is a trilogy of books there as well uh, that Amel mentioned. So we'll so see we if they're back. Maybe, maybe he comes back as a ghost. You never know. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's Yardy. It's out in cinemas this week. One of the other big releases this week is The Happy Time Murders. And uh, the trailer for this went massive mm. because it's a mixture of humans and puppets, and basically. Jesus. And Jess is there as well. Uh, Roy, what is The Happy Time Murders about? Just before we get to your chat with Detective Phil Phillips. Well, it's set in a world where uh, puppets are real. If you can think of uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit, but instead of the animated creatures they are puppets and they exist alongside humans but they're seen as lessers uh, than, than the humans so there's a another racial component to the whole thing and there was a huge uh, hit show uh, where it was the first proper hit show that featured a primarily puppet cast um, and all of the stars from that show are being violently killed one by one so a former well the first ever uh puppet cop who was then fired and is now a private detective who was uh, Detective Phil Phillips teams up with his old partner who's Melissa McCarthy to try and find out who's killing all these uh, famous puppets okay gotcha and isn't is it Jim Henson's son is behind it or yes he uh, he directed and co-wrote it I think but uh, this has been an idea that I think was first floated in Hollywood in 2002 okay so it's been a long time coming uh <laughs> Okie dokie. I know what I said. Yeah, no, I know. Okay. <laughs> Here's Rory's chat with Detective Phil Phillips. How are you, Rory? Pleasure. Nice to meet you, nice Detective meet- uh, Phil Phillips. How are you doing today? I'm doing well. I'm doing well, thank you. Happy to hear it. Uh, straight off, this is my first time interviewing a detective, so it's a big yeah. day for me. Uh, what do you look for in a partner? Mm. Well, you know, I've only had one partner. And uh, she had balls of steel, so... 
right. I guess balls of steel. <laughs> right. Yeah. And uh, what do you look for in a in a partner? You mean like a, a love kind of love partner? Sure. Yeah. Uh, well, someone who makes me laugh, um, someone who knows how to have a good time, and someone who doesn't mind bourbon for breakfast. Uh, oh, 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 and an insatiable sexual appetite doesn't hurt either. Sure. <laughs> well, that, uh, that leads me nicely into uh, the next question. Oh, yeah? Uh, the entire world is talking about the, uh, the video of yourself and, oh, uh, Jesus. and, and that sexy redhead. Yeah. Um, as a, as, a, as someone who's worked on many crime scenes, mm. uh, how difficult is it to clean uh, pulpit jizz from, from a crime scene? What the hell kind of question is asked? Where are you? All right. If you really want to know... I do. Uh, a little lemon juice and seltzer water will have your room cleaned up lickety-split. And for God's sakes, uh, dab. Don't rub. You got to dab. The, the, the secret's in the dabbing. It is absolutely in the dabbing. You <laughs> rub and, you know, you're just making more. Sure. Uh, what actor would you love to see play you in the movie of your life and why? Well, me. I mean, I mean, I just did it, right? So it would have to be me. But, but you mean somebody, somebody other than me? Yeah, if it wasn't like the documentary, The Happy Time Murders, what, what, uh, what, what actor would you like to see? Uh, gosh, who's a lot like me? Who do I look like? Probably Liam Neeson. Sure, I could see yeah. that actually. Yeah, the coat's similar. Yeah, yeah, not that, not the, not the Taken Liam Neeson, no. more the Dark Man Liam Neeson. Oh. <laughs> Yeah. When he was bandaged. Yeah, yeah, well, I just think we, you know, we look a lot alike, don't we? Do you, you see the resemblance? There's just some similarities there. I'd say there's probably some Irish blood in you going back a few, uh, few generations. Yeah, maybe. Which uh, brings me nicely to the next one. Oh, uh, if you... Boy, these are beautiful segues, aren't they? <laughs> they are. I mean, just leads nicely into beautiful, the next one. Beautiful, just beautiful. Uh, if you, I, I assume you haven't been to Ireland because we would have heard about it. No, I have not. I have not. I'd love to, but I have not. But uh, if you do visit Ireland, what yeah. would be the one thing you'd really want to do when you get there? Um, well, you're probably expecting me to, say, find a leprechaun or something like that, right? Something like that, but uh, no. What I what I think I'd really love to do. No, I think I I think I'd like to find a leprechaun. Oh. I think that's probably what I'd like to do. Yeah. Just find a leprechaun. That's... Yeah, sure. They got to be cute, right? Well, they have money. So. Uh, well, there you go. I'm all up for the money. <laughs> a little pot of gold. Yeah. A little rainbow. Yeah. Some good cereal. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And final question. Uh, what is your favorite detective movie quote, and can you do a decent impression of it? Mm-hmm. Let me think about that. Uh, that's a good question there, Rory. This is a good question. My favorite quote would probably be... Let's see if you can guess who it is. Okay. <clears throat> Build my gallows high, baby. You know who that is? Not, not a clue. I mean, let me do it again. Okay. Bill Magallo's high, baby. Are you saying Bill Magallo's high? B- build. Build. Build my gallows high, baby. Not a clue. Not a clue. That's uh, that's from Out of the Past with Robert Mitchum. Oh. Yeah. It's a Old great school. fucking movie. Old school. But did now do you see? Do you hear it? The Robert Mitchum part. He do it again. Build my gallows high, baby. Now, now that I know who to listen for, it's uh, it's all I can hear. Yeah. Uh, Detective Phillips, thank you so much. Oh, hey, brilliant! It's a pleasure. Thanks a lot. This pure ecstasy. I'm not doing this. Do it. <laughs> oh, sorry about your dead human friend, Phillips. <laughs> That is good shit. Well, fuck me. Maybe. He's still in. He's servicing a client. Is that what I think it is? Here I go. 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 Oh, 
I, <laughs> I like I, that you know exactly what's happening. I know. <laughs> I like. <sighs> you hear it, and you're like, I know exactly what. See, it. my mistake was I, I never dabbed. That, 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 that's what I meant. Yeah, that's, that's I was dabbing, wiping. You just make more of it. Tip. Uh, yeah. I like to apologize to any children listening to this week's episode or their parents or any this previous is, episode. <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is when it got uh, a little bit X-rated. This is our warning after all the X-rated stuff has happened. Um, yeah, he sounds like a hoot. I love his voice so so much. He, uh, yeah, I love his impression of uh, that's Robert amazing. Mitchum. That was. Uh, <laughs> it was uh, it was a unique experience interviewing a detective. I was yeah. What's what's that situation like? It's weird. It was um, it was weird. It was. I hope I never do it again. <laughs> okay. But I'm happy I did it at one time. Like oh, a lot of things. Like a lot of things in life. Uh, what about the film though? Because as we said, the trailer got a massive reaction, especially with that uh, little segment there at the end. I'm lightheaded. Uh, but uh, is the film as funny as the trailer? Because Melissa McCarthy, and um, some of her previous releases, we've been saying uh, hasn't had a great string of films. For like, she is so funny. Mm. Please tell me. <laughs> Please tell me this is funny. Okay. Do you want to lie? Oh no! It's uh, it's it's not very good. No, um, the trailer has most of the good jokes. Uh, bless Melissa McCarthy; she really goes for it. like she properly sells it. She is she has a lot of the best lines in the film, um, but it's just it feels very flat. Um, and there's a weird energy um, anytime there's a puppet. Uh, acting in a scene with a human there's almost like anytime a, a human has a line there's this there's, there's dead one and a half seconds hmm. between the puppet replying and then another dead one and a half seconds it's almost as if they're waiting for the audience to laugh but it wasn't funny enough to give us that break <laughs> to laugh in between their jokes um but there's so like Elizabeth Banks is in it she's she she does a good job uh John McHale um that guy you love from the wire who says she? Oh, uh, Isaiah Whitlock. Thank you. Um, no, that's not him. Sorry, he's Craig in the Davis. office. Oh, who's the, oh, the uh, grumpy Craig Robinson? No, he's like the grumpy. Oh, I know. Yeah, yeah, I can't I know, remember. I know. His he's face, the chief of the, of the of the police force as well. Like all the all the the human well known actors in it. Like they are, they try, but it, the script is just. God awful. Well, that's massively disappointing because uh, one of the major hits uh, in Broadway over the past, uh, geez, I don't know how Avenue old it is Q. now, 10 years or so. Yeah, Avenue Q, which is absolutely hilarious as well, which is that mixture of puppets and humans as well. And absolutely. The Muppets filth. is good too. No, well, the, the Muppets, Muppets yeah. is amazing. Yeah. Um, but in terms of like this slightly more adult content as well, you would think that it would be not easy to make this funny. But uh, yeah, just there, yeah. But it wouldn't be so unfunny. Yeah, there is like there's. I think for the first few minutes, it is kind of funny um, to see the puppets like swearing and okay. having sex and, the novelty and, and doing drugs. But like it wears off really quickly, uh, and that's all they have for the for the rest of the film. And it was just you know a bit weak. Okay, well, hopefully uh, the next release... Uh, actually, well, Happy Time Murders is actually out at the moment. It had a slightly earlier release than our other films this week. But the other uh, big release is Searching, starring uh, John Cho. And uh, we had Unfriended Dark Web uh, just recently there, the past couple of weeks, um, which had that premise of everything taking place on a computer screen. And uh, this is essentially the same kind of idea as well, isn't it, Roy? Yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's, um, it's, it's more of John Cho by himself on the screen um, looking through his daughter's laptop uh, as opposed to constantly Ooh. being um, like on Skype to someone yeah uh, you never want that you never want your parents looking through your laptop no, no, no or no, anyone, no, 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 or and, <laughs> and anyone. not just your parents the and police they don't want that <laughs> not at all uh, so here's a little clip from Searching released this week 911 what's your emergency I'm calling to report a missing person okay who is this regarding my daughter. I'm the detective assigned to your daughter's case. I need to know how everything unfolded. Understood. I think we're gonna go late, like, all night. One, after a study session, Margot didn't return home. Margot Kim? School has her marked as absent today. Two, she didn't attend school on Friday. My daughter is in a lesson with you right now. Margot canceled her classes six months ago. And three, she's been transferring funds for the last six months. 
will handle the ground investigation. But as a parent, you can help us with who your daughter talks to. Is that something you can do? Yes. Ooh, it sounds very tense. That female voice, uh, the voice of the cop there, is Will or Grace from Will and Grace. Um, so it's good to see her up in the Did big you say screen. Will or Grace? Yeah, from Will and Grace. I don't know which. It's Grace. It's Grace. Deborah okay. Messing. There we go. There you go. Fine female, if you want a female voice. If you if you want to uh, go into facts and stuff, that's mm-hmm. fine. Uh, Roy, you actually hinted back. We had tickets to give away for this uh, film recently, and uh, you hinted that this was this was a good film. Yeah, it is. It's it's, it's got a real uh, modern day technological rear window vibe. Oh, uh, which is you know really good comparison. Uh, if, if, if like you're loving your own comparison, is that what for the movie, I've made a really good guys, comparison I'm there? You, you know, well. um, but you yeah, know, it's 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 got like a, a proper Hitchcockian vibe to it, which I totally dug. Um, it's lots of great twists and turns, to which I didn't see coming, which is increasingly rare in big screen thrillers because you're like, ah, he did it. Um, you love which, that as well. I do like two you minutes. You like, love that. It's, it's like your high clues are like, I got it already. I saw <laughs> Kiefer Sutherland's name on the poster, so I know he's the voice on the other end. The phone. <laughs> <laughs> I think I may have actually done that. How long are you holding on that one? For phone. <laughs> 16 years I've been waiting on that. Yeah. But uh, Kiefer Sutherland isn't in this one, though. No. Well. No, oh. no, he's oh. not. Um, he's John Cho in Twist. disguise. <laughs> but no, it's 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 a fantastic premise, uh, premise, premise of um, of a dad using the computer and realizing he doesn't have his daughter at all, uh, and the secrets that everyone's phones and laptops and tablets have about ourselves. And it's very like it's paranoia inducing. You're like, oh my god, if anyone went through my phone, <gasps> uh, nightmare. But it is, uh, it's it's well done and nice and short brilliant happy day so that is Searching released uh, this week in Irish cinemas and it is a busy week this week because uh, another release in cinemas is Upgrade and again this is a trailer uh, that we got very excited about whenever we saw it Um, it looks like a low budget uh, action film where uh, well basically a guy (laughs) uh, he's involved in a horrific attack I can I would, like you could write his name out in front of me and I, I'd look away and immediately forget it <laughs> well he looks like because we've been saying since we saw the trailer he looks like a knockoff version of Tom Hardy Tom Hardy or yeah. Jamie Dornan or like the love baby of those two men which would probably be that a be, bad thing that's not a bad thing and that's what the world needs yeah. <laughs> it's like knock at the babies. door Idris Elba is here to say hello as well what a session <laughs> here's a clip from Upgrade it's not a porno no as a quadriplegic, it must be frustrating for you. Someone who likes to get things done with their hands. Here's the thing. Four guys murdered my wife. Don't you fucking touch her! If I could find this man, I'd do it. What if I told you I could offer you something that would enable you to walk again? I call it STEM. A computer chip that has the potential to change everything. It's a new, better brain. I am STEM. The system operating your body for you. Can anybody else hear you? No, only you. It's Kiefer Sutherland on the other end of the phone. I thought it was Matthew Broderick, but I don't don't think it is. It does sound like him, actually. Yeah, like he's a knockoff Matthew Broderick. (laughs) uh, And that was knockoff Tom Hardy. Logan Marshall Green. I just remembered. Logan Marshall Green. There you go. Tom Hardy. it gets a surgery from knockoff Dane DeHaan okay. who, um, <laughs> who, who gives him this chip and then his body's like able to work again but then the chip is like what if you give me control then I can help you get revenge on the people who killed your wife in the first act um, and that is the entire film okay it's like it's a revenge it, action thriller yeah it has a real like 80s trashy vibe to it uh, which I dug mm. but I really wished I had just gone just a bit more with it because it does huge gaps between the scenes where he kicks off and like gets really violent like the, the scenes where it does get violent is like gasp worthy violence it was shocking but there like you could go 25-30 minutes between them and the rest oh. of was like oh I have, that's I have whole, problems with what I'm doing <laughs> that's the whole point is that he doesn't have control of what he's doing and you see him just kill a load of bad guys but I, I do you know it reminded me of uh, Venom it's a person who yeah. looks like Tom Hardy <laughs> who has his body taken over and then is like actually do I kind of dig what, what's going what I'm on doing? here uh, so it's uh, yeah it's kind of very Venom-y vibe that's um, another really good comparison Rory thank you 
I do this for a living. <laughs> Venom will be coming out later on in the year, so it'll be interesting to see how it compares. Uh, is is it any good though? It's good fun. Um, I wish I had been drunk watching it. Uh, but We've it talked was, about this, Rory. But I keep getting looks when I'm drunk at half ten in the <laughs> yeah. morning. Shows, so trying to hold hands with people three seats away. Yeah, other film critics they don't want to sit beside me anymore. Um, no, it's 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 good. You just it wish the, the writer director Lee Wanell, I think I'm saying it correctly. He's the guy who who, who wrote Saw back in the day. Serious. Uh, he didn't. I think this is his first time directing anything. Um, I really wish he just like upped the ante a bit in in, in terms of maybe he just didn't have the money for it. Like it does feel kind of cheap, not in a bad way, but just the kind of way they're like, we can get really violent because this costs <laughs> no money, zero money. But I, there's a video game you might know this called uh, Deus Ex. Oh yeah, where a guy gets augmented with robotics uh, and. I've, for years I've been like someone needs to make that into a film and it is kind of a really violent version of that so Lee if you're listening and we know you are do that next Cool Beans that's Upgrade released in cinemas this week sounds like uh, the best film to go and see maybe out of those ones is Searching Yeah, uh, with John Cho there uh, looking forward to seeing that now if you can't make it to the cinema to see one, two, three or four of those releases uh, Roy you do have a recommendation for people to watch at home I do Class. Can, uh, we, can we hear it? it? If you can hear All right. Can I have Good, a second? Do you want to say it? Will you say it? Can I have a second say to Say the name. The Imposter. <laughs> oh, is that your actual recommendation? <laughs> yeah, so you have no excuse not to watch is it. Is this He'll on not Netflix? No. No, it's not. <laughs> okay. If you go to film four. Oh, okay, right. Okay, film four. Can you write that down and immediately throw it away? Film <laughs> Thank you. Film four at... Five past one in the morning. One zero five. So set your recorders. Uh, so that would be Monday the third, kind of going into Tuesday the fourth <laughs> kind of, kind of, of September. Monday the third, fourth. Yeah, uh, yeah. It is. We we spoke about it earlier. It's, it's, a, it's amazing. An you will amazing documentary. You will stay gripped till the final scene because you still don't know which way the story is going to okay. go. And uh, having seen American Animals, not going to give too much away. We'll talk about it later. This director seems incredibly good at flipping perceptions of the truth and your version of reality he's very good at playing with what you think you know compared to the different stories events and the truth is somewhere in the middle it's excellent brilliant so the imposter it's on film 4 105am Monday the 3rd kind of going into Tuesday the 4th like it's technically it's a, Tuesday it's technically Tuesday like we don't even need to mention Monday. yeah <laughs> he's not going to watch you've seen Crank I am leave me alone um, so uh, now we're on to this week's competition high clue uh, congratulations to everyone who got last week's high clue correct the um, this was this was a toughie crazy difficult this was a toughie uh, the uh, the key word in or the key part of everyone is one congratulations to the one person oh. who got this correct uh, congratulations to Kenny Claus who uh, well the, the high clue first of all is Santa? Santa Santa I think so his uh, his illegitimate son but he did take the name um, True has pasty wife support carries out surname and becomes good cop now True has pasty wife yeah, okay. Anyway, the answer <laughs> the answer was uh, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. True has pasty wife. So True has pasty wife. Oh, have, I done, have I done this again? Have I mispronounced the word? Anyway, True uh, was in relation to True Detective, which is Woody Harrelson. Right. Uh, has so vague. Pasty, <laughs> pasty, pasty wife. Pasty. Go His on. wife was played by Abby Cornish. Cornish. Cornish pasty. Pasty. Yeah, pasty. Cornish pasty. I was wondering. Is you that fucker! He's taking it easy. He's upgraded himself. God, I'm right. Support carries out surname, so support was played by. Uh, this doesn't matter anymore. Sam Rockwell. <laughs> and uh, in the film, because uh, support carries out surname and becomes good cop. So that was quite literal in terms of, like, you know, his uh, character development in the film. <laughs> and then, I think we'll just leave this one. We'll, we'll just you can't move, do these anymore. Move swiftly. Pasty. <laughs> do you know what? Maybe you're right, because you know what I did? I actually asked one of the other. Uh, original members of the High Clue High Council to write this week's High Clue so I actually don't know what the answer but is but it's not about reading one. it like you you can read I assume but like you <laughs> can't speak the words properly I can here we go pasty so are you ready for this week's one Christ on sale yeah. I told you these would make you depressed here we go you you make me depressed okay need another break so I don't know uh, what the answer is to this one so I'm going to try what? and work it out as well that's oh, what cool. I'm saying somebody else wrote it right so okay. so Hank Plots with the King Perfect Replacement for M 
Tenenbaum Target. So those three lines again in this week's haiku. Hank plots with the king. Perfect replacement for M. Tenenbaum Target. As I said, I have a clue what the answer is to that one, so I'm going to have to work that out as well. Um, mm. Thanks mm. to the... Mm. Oh, do you reckon you got it? Okay, okay, okay. I've got some thoughts. Okay. Um, we'll also have tickets to give away to see uh, Mile 22, so keep an eye out on Joe for that uh, upcoming competition as well. And coming soon next week, we're going to have uh, interviews with uh, director of the brand new Irish famine thriller, Black 47, mm-hmm. uh, Mr. Lance Daly, and star of that film, Stephen Rea. And is it, do we have Barry next week? And Barry Kilgan as well for American and, Animals. And the director of the Impostor. So it's going to be jam packed as well. Packed full of um, jam. And it continues to get cooler and cooler and cooler. Those people are cooler than it yourself, aren't they? No. Okie dokie. No way. Uh, <laughs> okay, we'll see you next week. <laughs>